Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Featuring Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose, and Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know you will. Hello, all you ramblers and shamblers. How are we doing today? Well, I'm fantastic. How are you guys? I need another drink, then I'll tell you. Uh, you will get that, I'm sure, at some point in the show. We'll get to that later. I am Justin Corey at Wizard of Whiskey at Befluence, all those other things. I'm joined today by Julia Men at the Wee Tipple and Mark Brooklotti Pruitt at Resonant Pros. Um, can you, <coughs> how is can everyone you, Can doing? you spell that, please? Today, I can be Brooklotti. And there you go. So, um... Shit, let's just jump right into the news, guys, because we want to finish this biodynamic discussion, right? Oh, yeah. So many great things to talk about yet. Uh, however, brief news. Secu. Uh, our Gowan. So, okay. Secway. Secway. Segway. Secway or sec. Anyway. Anyway, going back to uh, last week's debacle with uh, Mark trying to pronounce Brooke Laddie. Um, we all know Scotch distillery names can be kind of a mouthful. So as this is a brand new distillery I'm going to be talking about, I don't actually know if this is how it's properly pronounced. I'm just going to go with how it's spelled, Ardgowan. Ardgowan is a distillery that is going to be opening up in Scotland. They've reached the final stages of securing funding to bring their distillery plans to life. It's a multi-million pound venture uh, beginning later this year on the Ardgowan Estate near Inverkip, just west of Glasgow. I don't even know what that, sorry for all you Glaswegians out there that I don't know what that was. I'm you sorry. just alienated like a huge block of our audience. <laughs> two people. I, I alienated their two people that are listening from Glasgow. Your entire audience is six. That's two thirds of our audience. That's not Yeah, good. sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, design plan is uh, pretty cool, utilizing ancient building structures on the site, including uh, the remains of stables and a riding arena, coal gasification plant, and an ancient sawmill. Uh, the distillery and visitor center is going to bring a huge tourist boost to the area, not to mention jobs and investment opportunities. So exciting things happening in the Scotch world. Over to you, Justin. In other news... A tragic accident today. No, uh, when I when I googled whiskey news, as I do before every episode, you know, my massive 17 and a half seconds of planning, um, I came across this kind of really ridiculous article that said ways to enjoy whiskey while camping. I was immediately annoyed because there's really only one way to enjoy whiskey while you're camping, and that's take the fucking whiskey with you. So I click on it and it turns out it's not even a real thing. It's 10 cup whiskey. They basically put together an article from themselves, about themselves, to themselves and to their people, basically saying, here's all the cocktails you can make with 10 cup whiskey when you're camping. Because when you're lugging shit on your back miles into Yosemite, the, of course you want an entire backpack full of bitters, vermouths, other digestifs and aperitifs so that you can trudge through the mountains with the shit on your back. Come on, guys. That, that reminds you know me of the movies my friend and I made in high school where we wrote the movie, starred in the movie. The movie was directed by us. Uh, it was 
yeah, we all did the makeup, the costuming, you know, it was a two person show and we did it all. We just wanted that billing. <laughs> Sounds kind of like this article. Yeah, it was, it irritated me. Everything about this irritated me, which is not far. Granted, it is not a far leap to irritate me with, with really just a few words, but, uh, Nothing but love for 10 cup whiskey. Please send us samples. Please, you know, pay us sponsorship money. That's totally fine. I'll but drink it. This, this super irritated me um, and it caught me off guard because, well, I don't like stupid. Mark, what do you got, man? You know, I'm a little offended that you said you don't like stupid and then you threw it over to me. But okay, we can talk about that on a different show. As we do at the beginning of every show, uh, I'd like to explore what soured our mash this week. Uh, Julia, what do you got for me? Sweet Christmas. Okay. People that think they're allergic to sulfites in wine. Okay. But they're, but they're bad. And they give me a headache. Oh my God. Okay. Did you know that like 1% of people of the entire population are legitimately allergic to sulfites? Did you also know that wine has way less sulfites in it than something like dried fruit or pre-packaged foods and that if you were actually allergic to sulfites you would have a seriously messed up eating life because it would impact every aspect of your life and not just wine so anyway i'm not gonna rant any further but it's just that's what's souring my mash people thinking they're allergic to sulfites but only in wine Hi, my name is Mark. I'm from Swig and Ramble. I'd just like to take a moment to apologize. Uh, I'd like to apologize to Tin Cup Whiskey. I'd like to apologize to Brook Lotte. Brook Lotte. Brook Lotte. Please don't hate us. Uh, I'd like to apologize to people who are actually allergic to sulfites and wine. I'd like to apologize to people who actually have gluten allergies. Um, I'd like to apologize to people who like camping and taking their whiskey with them. I'd like to apologize to people who are starting up distilleries. Um, and I'd like to apologize to people who are from Scotland who have a Scottish brogue uh, by birth. Um, did I miss anything, folks? You're going to make me start snorting. <laughs> Let's move on, I, shall we? I didn't have a sound as my mash, but now I do. It's people who apologize profusely for shit we didn't do. Uh, I'll drink to that, kittens. Huzzah. Sponsors, please add resonant pros. I'm happy to work with you. I will I will have Justin arrange for a written apology. He's throwing him under the bus. He's jumping ship. And yes, I am mixing my metaphors. You know what? We're just gonna move on to drinking. Okay, drinking. Justin, what are you drinking? So very similar to last week, foreshadowing. Oh, can anyone um, tell me what foreshadowing is? It's where you have four shadows it. instead oh, of one. No, okay, has anyone seen uh, the a very Potter musical? Hi, we're, this is a whiskey show. I'd like to get back on topic, please. After the apology <laughs> tour, look, uh, no, just we're drawing the line at Harry Potter. Please yes. let's not ever mention those words in that order that ever will be again. A 94-minute apology from Mark. I'm going on forward with what I'm drinking. Last week I was drinking Incari. It was a Mendoza Argentina, <clears throat> Sauvignon Blanc Chardonnay blend. By the way, for those who didn't get the joke, super biodynamic. 
the wine is organic, biodynamic, all the certifications, all the sustainabilities. And it was a, it was an amazing wine. Today, I'm drinking Stellar <clears throat> Organics Pinotage. I'm a huge fan, number one, of South African wines. Huge fan of Pinotage. This is a Black-owned winery, which has nothing to do with sustainability, but it's really fucking cool. Um, the wine is um, organic, and it tastes incredible. I'm going to go ahead and give it a smell while Mark apologizes to, I don't know, four or five million people. He's probably going to apologize to blueberries because that's what I smell. Um, so I'm getting hints of berry, bramble, a little bit of cedar drawer. Wow, really nice. I love that cocoa nibs, chocolate. And by the way, I'm eating a cookie left over for my wife's birthday. Um, it says Bears Beats in Battlestar Galactica, for those of you who would get that reference. Oh, so you're allowed to talk Battlestar Galactica, but I'm not allowed to reference. Absolutely, other- positively, yes, the answer to that question. First oh. of all, it says Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica. It's an office reference from someone who's never seen <laughs> Battlestar Galactica <laughs> or, for that matter, the Potter Harrys. <clears throat> so <clears throat> the finish on this is it's lush, it's coffee, it's a little bit of toffee, it's... um like burnt creme brulee, just a really nice finish. I really enjoy the, the, the mid palette on this. Um, one of the things I'd love to talk about later in the show is uh, continuing our discussion of biodynamic wines. But in the meantime, Julia, what is in your glass? Well, I picked up another organic wine, sadly not biodynamic, but that's okay because organics are fantastic as well. This is called Gaia and it is made with organic grapes. It's a white blend. Uh, and vegan friendly also, which is very exciting. And it's from Argentina. So this is Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, and Savion Blanc from Mendoza, Argentina. And it is kind of a powerhouse wine just on the nose. Really big bouquet. It's like, oh man, like drip, like, uh, what am I trying to say here? Oranges that are dripping honey. It's not overly sweet, but it's got that almost kind of cloying vibe going on. You got really overripe melons, just dripping mangoes. Oof, it's a it's a big nose. On the palate, definitely medium plus body, a really great mouthfeel, very easy going down. You have some of that really great perfume note really actually gentle flavors coming through that mango is kind of coming to the front with some pineapple right behind it so those tropical fruit notes really lovely the finish is still going so i'm gonna go with it's a nice long finish on this one very elegantly crafted um what does it say naturally elegant wines so there you go this is gaia from argentina and Gaia means earth goddess in Greek. Now we know. Mark, what are you sipping? Hi, my name's Mark. I'd like to apologize to all the amateur wizards in the house. We fucking hate Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> Harsh. I love that that's the hill he's willing to die on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are going to die on that hill. The next fucking person that mentions that god-awful series is getting fired on the spot. 
That's at Resident Pros. You can definitely message him on that one. Please message me on that all you like. I will fight you all day long. Fuck Harry Potter. Um, I am drinking Glenlivet 12. I'm not going to get into details because I love drinking this. Um, This tastes and smells like I'm going to jump off platform three and a quarter and let the ghost train hit me. So cheers, everybody. You mean platform nine and three quarters? What did I tell you? So getting back to our main topic, we wanted to to continue the discussion of biodynamic wines because it is a super interesting global phenomenon. And I am trying to swallow jelly beans. And I was like, hurts. really? You're you're eating as you're trying to speak in a podcast? Not a good idea. I thought Did I you try. stuff that cookie down and now you're finishing it off with jelly beans? I am because nothing washes a stale cookie down of like jelly beans and pinotage. And yes, I'm a grown-ass man. Um, Acceptable because you didn't talk about wizards. Yeah. So before we get into some of the wine producers and some of the interesting producers out there that are making these biodynamic decisions, um, Julia, what else can we what else can we teach the audience? What else can we talk about when it comes to biodynamics and biodiversity? Woof. I mean, there is so much. Okay, so quick recap on last week's episode for those of you who didn't listen in or forgot. Uh, Biodynamics is a great way of focusing in on the earth and the overall harmony of the vineyard or the crop or the field, not just looking at one specific item. So you're not just looking at the grapes themselves or the vines themselves. You're looking at the entire ecosystem of whatever it is you're growing. Uh, So that's really getting back. They promote diversity and uh, biodiversity. And yeah, so quick recap for everyone who either didn't tune in last week or might've forgotten. So biodynamics introduced in the early 1900s by Juan Rudolf Steiner as a way to heal and revitalize the earth. And it takes a look at the entire ecosystem of the vineyard or the field or whatever the farmer is in charge of instead of looking at just one thing like vine health they don't just look at the vine itself they look at the soil the animals the entire ecosystem so it's much more all-encompassing than a lot of modern farming practices or vineyard practices today and we wanted to jump into brook laddie that Scottish distillery that we all love to mispronounce because they are doing some phenomenal stuff, not only with biodynamics, they are uh, B Corp certified, which is great in and of itself. They are, I think, the only distillery or one of two distilleries in the entire world that are B Corp certified. So that's super awesome. Um, And they recently, I think last year, announced their collaboration with Yatesbury House Farm, who is a biodynamic certified grower of barley located in England. Now, for those of you Brooklyn Laddie lovers out there, you might be surprised. Why are they partnering with an English barley producer when up until now they have been so really driven in the terroir of their barley and utilizing only Scottish grown barley, uh, focusing on sustainability and source of place where the barley is grown. Well, uh, they wanted to, the whole reason behind them using 
only barley strictly grown from Scottish farmers was to provide traceability, really supporting the grassroots operations and methods that they really believe in. And it's their aim to seek meaningful partnerships with growers who are progressive and who are interested in the destiny of their produce, just as we, Brooklady, are interested in its origins. So going back, why would uh, Brooklady even be interested in biodynamics at all? Well, the distillers were already familiar with the concept of biodynamics due to their background in fine wine. And they were really interested to see how it would work into their single malt whiskey. However, there were no Scottish biodynamic barley producers to be found. And then they found they were really restricting themselves with the, these self-imposed restrictions that were keeping them from working with Yatesbury Farms and the real flavor potentials in the biodynamic barley that was being grown there. So for Brooke Laddie, barley is a living organic expression of the land, of the terroir in which it is grown. And we touched on terroir last week. Let me just recap for you quickly. Uh, terroir is a French term and it tastes like where it's grown. The complete natural environment in which a particular wine is produced, including factors such as the soil topography and climate. So terroir, very important. And Brooke Laddie was very interested in seeing how biodynamic barley would influence their whiskey. Uh, they believe that using biodynamic barley will produce a very unique and exemplary whiskey and one that is in line with their ethos of sustainab sustainability and environmentalism. And they currently have five years worth of whiskey maturing on Isla, which is made from biodynamically grown barley. So anyone wanna jump in here? With, uh, props, props to Brooklotti for doing this. This is such a huge nod to the craftsmanship of whiskey. I would gladly pay more for a bottle of Brooklotti that is produced in this manner. Um, and if you look at where they are on the bleeding edge of creating different types of whiskey that give a nod to the, to the traditions uh, but but also step into this arena and and I know we've been having fun with the name but but again props to Brooklady because this is absolutely fantastic this is the wave of the future uh, I believe that this is you know much more in tune with producing something that is sustainable it's wholesome and it's just a great thing to know and understand where this stuff comes from and and, and it's it's absolutely refreshing. When we're talking about numbers and cents, I just want to jump in here. Um, some other hard numbers is, and I, wanna, I thought this was really interesting. In 2019, the entire biodynamic market in the United States was around 80 million, which is roughly the amount of money Jack Daniels spends on haircuts. So do the math and you'll realize what a small percentage of wines and now getting into spirits that are produced biodynamically or really certified biodynamically. Um, and again, for those who don't, who aren't aware, there's some really great biodynamic organic slash whatever you want to call it. And we're, we're going to use them interchangeably for now. There, there's some minute differences, but I think we're going to, we're essentially going to kind of interchange them a little. Um, Joseph Trujan is a great wine producer that is producing um <clears throat> um, biodynamic wines and they've been doing it for a long time um 
there's some champagne houses that are doing it really well. Um, Zend Humbrecht from Alsace, an amazing producer, one of my favorites of all time, um, has also been um, been producing in, in this in this method for a long time. Julia, I'm sure, has some others that have, yeah. that have been rocking it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I got into biodynamics when I first heard about it when I was living in New Zealand. And the first time I heard about it, I was traveling and I think it must have been Milton Vineyard, uh, which I believe is in Gisborne, uh, their biodynamic. And I was learning about it when I was visiting there and I was just so turned on by this really crazy cool idea of really getting in touch with earth and nature and the stars and the planets and just having everything coalesce together. And it just kind of jived with me, but also their wine was really good. Like that, that's another thing. All the biodynamic wine I have had to this point has been just as good, if not better than traditionally created wine. Uh, Felton Road is another biodynamic vineyard in New Zealand, and I believe Pyramids is another one. And I'm sure there are a handful of others as well. But yeah, good stuff being produced. Very nice. I would, I would love to see us delve into and talk a lot more about this by regions and by product. And, and you know, let's talk about American bourbon. You know, where, where does this live on the scale of American bourbons? And there's two places in particular where I think that this could become a huge thing. And I, I'm just, I'm looking into a crystal ball here. I could be totally full of shit. The first thing is, is. What do you mean I, it could be? Um, I'm confused, but I'm confused by that statement. I'm, I'm confused <laughs> and I'm hurt by that statement, Justin. I thought uh, I thought in our meeting with HR that we resolved our differences. Well, considering your HR. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's internal company business. Why do we have to reveal that? I, no, I, 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 everyone listening here, you're now under an oral non-disclosure agreement, et cetera, et cetera. You make what did we what did we tell you about not using terms like oral and things like that. Anyways, literally um, it's in our program that we have to use those <laughs> words. And frankly, I'm surprised you haven't said anything is sexy in a while. I think it's true. You were taunting us last episode that you were going to say everything was sexy. And then you it's funny because he's so old. He forgot. But go on, Mark. <laughs> I didn't I didn't forget. I was just did comedic timing. That's uh -huh, the, I'm just sure. I'm just I'm just looking for timing. You know what I think is real. You know what I think is really sexy is I. I hope that regions like Japan or uh, the product that's coming out of Australia. I hope that there is. And I'm speaking of whiskey. These two wine nerds. I don't know what they're talking about with all this crap, but they get excited, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But uh, from a whiskey perspective, uh, I hope that the the whiskeys coming out of those regions really adopt this. And I think that there's a tremendous edge that they could get by adopting these things and, and using that as I was trying to compare to what the American industry is doing. And, and I'd, I'd really love to look into the crystal ball. Let's put a reminder for a show. I think it'd be really sexy for us to talk about it in the future. Fuck off, Mark. What? <laughs> anyway. So no. Okay. I want to go back and touch on terroir and Brooke Laddie. 
and how it ties in and why I'm really excited about their biodynamic whiskey, which, hey, Brooke Laddie, hey, head distiller Adam Hannett, I would love a sample, just saying, um, because I had the opportunity to try one of their terroir-driven whiskeys. So it was made from barley sourced only from Isla. And I think it was from like 10 or 12 different uh it was one crop, but like 10 or 12 different plots of land that they took the barley from and they created this whiskey out of it. So very limited, very rare, all from the 2010 uh, harvest. It was unlike any whiskey I've tasted before. It was so, I mean, it tasted like what you think Isla might taste like. It was rugged and pure and grainy and a little bit like sea salty and there was just so much raw character in there and it yeah it wasn't like any whiskey I'd had before it definitely wasn't like any scotch I'd had before and I'm like wow yeah it really comes through that sense of place that that origin of the barley truly can matter if that's what you focus on and you don't cover it up with you know, really intense like barrel finishes or whatever to mask the character. If you're just letting the pure grain shine through, which is why I'm excited about the biodynamic barley and which is why I'm sure Adam Hannett, head distiller of Brooklady, is really excited because this was his project. He was spearheading this. Uh, he, he actually said, uh, there isn't a huge amount of spirit, but what we have is developing nicely, talking about the biodynamic uh, spirit they've made. Um, texturally, it is really rich. Most is maturing in ex-bourbon barrels, so picking up lots of vanilla and toffee notes. The citrus elements come through, stone fruits developing nicely. Like, yeah, okay, cool. But just based on the terroir 2010 unpeated Brook Laddie that I had, damn kids. This biodynamic one, it's going to be dynamite. If anybody out there in Rambler land knows anybody at uh, Brooklady, you know, drop a dime for us, if you would, please. Because we'd love to we'd love to bring them onto the show. We'd love to talk to them about this. We'd love to hear it directly from the source. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, um, so just so you Ramblers know, um, we, we love to ramble, but we also love to learn. So if you have ideas, please shoot them in, uh, shoot us a message on our, on the group, definitely join the group on Facebook. It's a swig and ramble. It's an open group. You answer a couple of questions, send us your credit card number and you're in. So, um, we're happy to, to, to have you grow with us and learn with us and, and taste with us and talk to us. Credit cards to at Bevfluence, uh, FBI. If you're listening, that was at Bevfluence, Justin Curry speaking. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the FBI knows my voice pretty well. Um, so I'm not super worried about that. Um, but yeah, guys, um, this, this biodynamic thing, it, it all ties in together. And this is one of the things that I've, I've had discussions with multiple distillers. I'm, so for those who don't know, I'm finishing up an American whiskey book talking about the distinct nature of various American whiskeys, bourbon. But there's a difference between bourbon from Kentucky, bourbon from Tennessee, bourbon from Texas. There's a difference between American single malt and, <clears throat> and other, you know, blended whiskeys. There's a difference between California whiskey and Texas whiskey. So we're going to talk about all those things in the upcoming book, which is coming out in 2027. So 
that should be a lot of fun as soon as people get done editing it. I know we're getting a little short on time here, but I wanted you to address something, something really cool. So something I've heard a lot about biodynamics from people that, you know, they're not just brushing it off and it's, they say it's woo woo, it's magic. It's, there's no science behind it, but let's dig into that a little deeper. So we had talked about last week, I'd mentioned preparations. So there are nine preparations. These are basically used in place of traditional chemical sprays. So they're a way to help the harvest or the crop or what have you. So there are nine preparations, 500 and 501, these are the numbers of the preparations, are the most well-known. 500 is a process where dung from a lactating cow is taken, stuffed into cow horns, and buried at a specific time of year and left for six months. Why would anyone do this? Well, I'll tell you. When it's dug up, it is dry, smells like fresh earth, and makes for a perfect fertilizer. This is then mixed with warm water and stirred clockwise and counterclockwise to oxygenate it before being sprayed onto the fields. Hearing that might sound crazy. It might sound super woo-woo. Like, what is someone doing? Why? Like, what? Why could they possibly be doing this? but it's actually a really beautiful understanding of how the earth works. So you take dung from a lactating cow because it has different nutrients in it. Being buried at a specific time of year and in a natural vessel means there are different microorganisms and critters in the soil at that specific time of year that can process the manure, turning it into rich compost. And of course, you know, using a, a natural vessel is healthy for the earth and it's able to be processed that way. Using a warm water and oxygenating the environment invites specific bioorganisms which work powerfully on the plants and it turns it into a preparation that is so rich in nutrients that it makes the plants super big and super heavy. And then this is where preparation 501 comes into action, which is made up of ground up quartz and fresh water. It's sprayed into the air above the plant so it lands on top of them, bringing more light to the leaves, helping them rise up to the sun once again. So it's not just crazy. Yeah, maybe it might be hard to scientifically gauge these things, but if you look at it, it works. That's I have an important question about works. this. Sure thing. Woo woo. Is it woo woo or is it woo woo? No, it's like woo woo, crazy. You're super out there, fucking hippie. Yeah, but I feel like all of this, considering the fact that it is, in fact, science, can be scientifically measured. It can be scientifically proven because it does work. And we see that it works because everything in this that we've talked about is just chemical reactions. This is what people just don't understand. I've had this conversation with hundreds of customers over the years where they want to know how they get the lemons in the Sauvignon Blanc. Mm, yeah. Guys, gals, and whoever the hell else is listening, biodynamic is something that we should embrace. Farming practices that date back to the beginning of time is something that we should embrace. I am not saying that we should all go out and eat spelt or farro or some of these ancient grains that just basically tear up your teeth. Um, and especially if you live in a place that's a food desert, yeah, you're not going to go out and you're not going to find uh, biodynamically grown vegetables. You're not going to be able to get your access to um, quality products. We're not saying that. What we're saying is when you can do it, go biodynamic. Find out more 
go to some of the websites. I'm sure we'll throw some in some of the links. Talk to the winemakers, talk to the farmers, because that's all winemakers are. They're farmers. They are stewarding the land to make wine. Here, here. Amen. Um, in the meantime, uh, I think that's pretty much all the time we have today. Uh, Mark? Ramblers, I hope that you uh, join us next week where we will be talking about uh, all those hassles who like uh, Harry Potter. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!